welcome to another fantastic episode of the Travel Podcast, where today I'm very grateful to be joined by Dave Pope, one of the other Travel Podcast hosts. Good morning, Dave. Hi, Jules. How are you? Good, thanks. And Good. also our special guest today is Eleanor Milner from the Sri Lanka Collection. And we're going to be talking about everything Sri Lanka. So it's an introductory podcast to everything Sri Lanka, uh, where we're going to go through some of the main attractions, food, and basic things that you can expect and accommodation types. So thank you so much for joining us today, Eleanor. Hi, good to be here. Thank you. No problem. So without further ado, so Eleanor, um, just to give you a bit of background about her, in early 2013, Eleanor moved to Sri Lanka with her young daughter and began working as a head of marketing at the high-end inbound DMC. In June 2014, Eleanor moved back to Edinburgh and set up the Sri Lanka Collection. And the Sri Lanka Collection represents a, a selection of hand-picked portfolios of Sri Lanka's most exquisite hotels. Now, I thought so. What a fantastic expert to be having joining us today. And I thought we could start today by saying hello in Sinhala. Eleanor, how do we say hello? Hi, Bowen. Hi, Bowen. And we also, we put our hands together uh, in a prayer-like manner. We say, Hi, Bowen. Hi, Bowen. Hi, Bowen. Hi, Bowen. Thank you. <laughs> So we're just going to go through a few of the basics. So how do we get there in Sri Lanka? So there's um, one direct, only one direct flight coming from London, or you can go via um, the Middle East. There's some great stopovers available. Just check out your um, regional flights and how they're going to link into London, if that's how you would like to come, if you're coming from the UK. Or alternatively, there's some um, others that other providers and carriers that you can use. Um, Sri Lankan Airways are the ones that provide the direct route. So, so Eleanor, what would you say was the best time of year to visit Sri Lanka? So, yeah, traditionally the high season for Sri Lanka has always been mid-December through to about March. But more and more, we're really, really trying to push it as a year-round destination because different parts of the country are better at different times of year. So, yes, still traditionally, you would say our winter months are the best. But I would also encourage people to go there all year round, too, because in our summer, in our European summer, it can be excellent on the East Coast. And it would also be really, really good in the hill country as well. Right. I heard about, uh, is it a west monsoon or oh, two different monsoons? Is that right? That's right. Um, the weather in Sri Lanka is generally just completely confusing and everyone gets really muddled by it. You're right, because there are two different monsoons that go over different parts of the country. So, yeah, yeah. you do need to look at it and don't just assume it's only good in our winter because that's not true. It is good at all around at different parts of the country. Mm. I spoke to somebody the other day and they were... They were looking to go like away in, the, in our summer holidays in August. So are you, are you saying would the East Coast be best at that time of year? Or Yes, the East Coast is really good in our summer. So if you go over to the East Coast in the summer, so you could go to Trincomalee or Pasakuda, mm -hmm. that is brilliant weather. And you get really, really calm, large beaches and the sea is really, really gentle. So it's brilliant. But also, I would say that some parts of the South Coast can be really good in August as well, because it's kind of between monsoons, August. So I would, I mean, I actually love the South Coast. So I'd always finish a trip in the, on the South Coast. And it is actually a very, very good time of year in August in the South as well. Trincomalee, when you say Trincomalee, my, my dad used to say, my dad, was in Sri Lanka when it was called Ceylon yeah. many, many years ago. And he always used to talk about Trincomalee. 
Um, yeah. And I was only young and I didn't really know what he was talking about, but I know now that it's where it is. But he was, he's always, yeah, I went to Trincomalee. He was in the Navy and he went. That's to- right. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a really important naval base um, back in the day. And even today, actually, if you go there, it's got a fascinating history. And you can also go scuba diving and, and go and see like wrecks under the sea and everything wow. like that. Yeah, it's a very interesting place. Fantastic. Brilliant. So um, would you say it's a safe destination? Obviously, there's a lot of history involved with the, the, the Tamil Tigers and everything years ago. Is it a safe destination to visit, Helena? Yes, definitely. Um, I lived there, obviously, for a year, and I went out there and lived there with a young daughter. So the fact that I moved out there, and honestly, I don't think I ever, ever felt worried at all. The thing that worries me most about Sri Lanka is the driving. It can be a little bit nutty, but as long as you get a good, reliable driver, it's absolutely fine. So, no, I can't say that I ever felt unsafe. They're incredibly friendly people over there, so friendly. So if you ever get lost, somebody's always going to help you. And even traveling on my own sometimes as a sort of female traveler, I, I never felt worried at all. Obviously, I took all the natural precautions, but absolutely fine. So you moved there with a two-year-old, is that right? Um, so would you say, so it's good for families. And, and how, you know, was it a boy or girl, two-year-old, sorry? A little girl. Little girl. So A, is it, is it great for families? And how did how did she adjust or how did she find it when you moved there? Um, I would say it's absolutely brilliant for families. I mean, I've been lucky enough to travel around Asia, in fact, around a lot of places in the world due to my job for many, many years. And I have to say Sri Lanka is one of the best places I've been to um, for traveling with young children and family. Um, She loves it. She first went to nursery in Sri Lanka when she was about three and was learning Sinhala and Tamil and still today she's nine and she still talks about it all the time and always asking if she can come back with me which isn't always possible on work trips but sometimes (laughs) oh bless her no that must have been an incredible experience though and something she can share with her peers so that's lovely what would you say would be the um, perfect length of time for someone as a first timer coming over to Sri Lanka for their holiday? How, how sort of long would you recommend? Um, well, I think probably the ideal amount of time is two weeks or two and a half weeks if you can stretch it. People do do it in less. So you get some people combine it with the Maldives and go for a week. But I always think you'd kind of feel you'd stayed longer and seen more. So I would say minimum two weeks, maybe 10 days if you're pushing it. No problem. I guess there's lots of things to do. We'll come on to that in a minute. Are there any, um, I've been doing a bit of research on sort of the culture and the traditions. Would you say there was anything um, that visitors should be aware of, any cultural traditions? traditions that visitors should be aware of for example I know when I visited the temples in Thailand for example it was very much you know cover your shoulders and and longer trousers but is there anything like that that visitors should be aware of in Sri Lanka? Yeah, I think it's really exactly the same as that, really. So when you go, if you're going to a temple, you have to cover your knees and you have to cover your shoulders and generally just be respectful to the to the local people and the religion. So, yeah, you just kind of have to wear appropriate clothing. When you're on the beaches, tourist beaches, it's it's pretty relaxed. I mean, you would definitely not go topless. That would not be appropriate, but definitely wearing somewhere and everything is absolutely fine. So, no, I just think it's the normal, same as the rest of South Asia. I, uh, I must remember to keep my top on then. <laughs> probably, a good, probably good advice anyway, I think that would be good. Um, every time I, I, I think of Sri Lanka or I read about Sri Lanka, I always, I always see colour, you know, I always see colour. That's what, what, what sort of springs to mind for me. So there must be some great festivals or events sort of, sort of throughout the year. 
Um, do you know any that are more popular and that the best times uh, when people can see these or experience these things? Yeah, certainly. So one really popular one is in August, and that's called the Candy Perihara. And it's like probably about the most famous Buddhist festival or event of the year out in Sri Lanka. And it's absolutely amazing. They just, all of the streets in Central Candy kind of get lined with seats. And it's the most incredible procession that goes on for hours and hours coming from the main temple of the tooth. And you get elephants dressed up, you get dancers, singers. It's absolutely spectacular. So that's a brilliant festival to go and see in August. Um, you've also got the Vesak Festival, which is another major Buddhist festival. And that ha happens in sort of... Um, April, um, sorry, May, May, that's in May, the Vesak Festival. Um, and then, yeah, and then on a kind of wildlife, you've got something called the Gathering, which is an amazing gathering of wild elephants. And that happens sort of uh, October time up in um, Minoria National Park near Sigaria. So there's lots of brilliant festivals and wildlife events you can go and see at different times of year. I knew I'd seen dressed up elephants somewhere. I, now I know I didn't dream it. So I did see dressed up elephants. And I remember uh, the, the colour and everything else. So at least that's put my mind at rest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That does sound fun, though. And I guess it's all totally kind to the animals and that they're all well treated, aren't they, the elephants? Well, it's quite controversial that, I mean, I think people are worried about, obviously, the, the, the wellness of the elephants and everything. I mean, no, some people don't approve of, of elephants being used in festivals like that, but it's so much part of the tradition that I think it will take some time before that stops happening. But yeah, there are obviously people who are, are very aware of that and do discuss that quite a lot. Yeah, we'll come up to some, come on to some great places to see the elephants. Um, so there's such a, a massive array. When I've been doing my research, there's just such a, you can do so many different things when you go there and experience so many different things. Really for like adrenaline junkies and couples, families, it really has something for everyone. Um, so Ella, can you give us a bit more detail about some of the types of attractions as such that are on offer and um, how what they can experience when they when they go through these um, go to these attractions? Have you yeah. got favorites? Yeah, so there's so many things to do in Sri Lanka. And actually, I find it quite useful to kind of break it down into, into stories. And one of the stories you can follow and you can visit sites relating to is the great Sinhalese civilizations. And so that's kind of the more archaeological side of Sri Lanka. So that you've got Polonawara, which is the amazing ancient sort of city of Sri Lanka, and Anuradhapura, another one. Amazing, huge archaeological sites. And then also Sigiriya, the majestic lion's rock as well in northern Sri Lanka. So those are brilliant archaeological sites. You've also got the, the tea industry and the tea story for Sri Lanka. And me personally, that's one of my favourite parts of the entire country is going up into the hills and looking around the tea plantations, going to a tea factory, learning about the process of making tea. Um, absolutely spectacular and really, really worth doing. And brilliant walking country from the plantations as well. Uh, you've got the wildlife as well. So you've got, um, you can go on safari in Sri Lanka and look for leopards and sloth bears. Um, and then like, um, from the sea as well, you can go and see uh, whale watching as well. So there's amazing wildlife. Uh, you've also got the beaches, fantastic beaches, sport for choice. And then you've got the production of cinnamon as well. So that's more focused in the south of the island. And it's really fascinating watching how cinnamon is, is made and processed as well. Sounds like it's got a bit of something for everyone, Eleanor, Sri Lanka. I think, again, people sometimes think about, well, they think about Sri Lanka and they sometimes just think about beaches or 
and and cricket, obviously. But but I think they don't realise that actually, you know, you can go on safari in in Sri Lanka. And and is it right that the Yala National Park has the highest concentration of leopards in the world? Is that right? Or leopard, leopard or leopards? <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. Yala National Park, which is in the south of Sri Lanka, has the highest density of leopards in the world. And so it's a really, really good place to go on safari to look for leopards. And then you've also got other national parks like Wilpatu, where you can go and look for leopards. It's slightly less visited than Yala. But yeah, absolutely fantastic place to go on safari. And there's really good uh, places to stay near the national parks as well. Fantastic. And talking about beaches, though, where would you say, and there's a lot of beaches in Sri Lanka, where are the more sort of, um, I say, friendly beaches, um, beaches where you can actually swim and, uh, yeah. and that sort of thing? Where would you recommend for that? Yeah, that is a really important point where you can swim at the beaches because Sri Lanka has got a very varied coastline and certain parts of the coast you can't swim off them at all because the currents are very strong. So whenever you're booking um, your clients to stay at a beach resort, you always have to check, can you swim from that hotel? Because you sometimes can't. So in terms of where they're really good beaches, so you get the more touristy areas like Nagombo and Bentota. They're very popular for their beaches. But personally, I prefer the quieter ones. So if you go down to the south of Sri Lanka, you get some amazing amazing unspoiled beaches like Mawella Beach, which is near Tangle, really quite good for swimming most of the year round. One of my other favourite ones is one called Wajaya Beach or Delawella Beach, which is just about 20 minutes outside Gaul. Really beautiful unspoiled beach with a coral reef. So it's incredibly calm in season. Fantastic. Would it be a great place for diving there, Eleanor, as well? You're mentioning the coral reefs. Is there diving, good diving sites? Um, there's a few. It's not like kind of the Maldives in terms of tropical fish, but there are some quite interesting diving sites like Trincomalee. But I mean, it's, to be honest, it's sort of okay. <laughs> not fully not for diving. It may be that because I think sometimes the sea's quite rough, or because yes. um, I think when the sea's rougher, it, it tends to kick up, generally kicks up sand, yeah. makes it more. Yeah. Although I do, I think I know that um, I know you can go surfing in Sri Lanka. I'm a big yeah. surfing fan, i.e., I like watching it, not doing it. So um, I'm sure there's some great surfing beaches um, in Sri Lanka. I think with the waves that I've seen, um, I think there's some great surfing beaches out there. Definitely. Yeah, there's brilliant, brilliant surfing over there as well. Aragon Bay, and then you've also got beaches like Wellagama down in the south as well. So yeah, it's a big surfing mecca. Mm. Well, we look forward to seeing your surfing skills out there soon, Dave. That would be interesting. <laughs> you can have a long wait, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I saw that was looked really great was the Pinala um, Elephant Orphanage. But I know that there's potentially some better places um, to to go and experience elephants and, and know that they're in a great environment, they're being looked after, etc. Where would you recommend, Eleanor? Yeah, I mean, it's very topical at the moment. And actually, Pinawella hasn't had great publicity over the last few years for how they look after the elephants. It's a little bit of a tourist trap. Um, So, yeah, another place that we actually recommend is called the Millennium Elephant Foundation. And that's really good. And they look after the elephants very well. Um, Yeah, that's just got a kind of better reputation. I think Pinawella has slightly... uh, yeah, it's it's been in the press a bit lately. It's not the best. But what we would always say is don't go and see the elephants in a in a sanctuary. Go and see the elephants in the wild. And there are so many amazing places to do that in Sri Lanka. Oh, that's great advice. I think that's great advice. Moving on to sort of accommodation. So I know there's a great variety of the types of places you can stay in Sri Lanka, but 
I want to spend a little bit of cash, Elena. Tell me about some of them. I mean, I guess some of your most famous, sort of favorite, sort of luxury uh, properties where I can do that. Yeah, if it comes to, to high-end boutique hotels, there are amazing options in Sri Lanka. So um, I represent 15 uh, beautiful, beautiful hotels. And the thing that I think is very special about the boutique hotels in Sri Lanka is a lot of them are very, very small and very personal and in extremely remote places. So actually, they'll be fantastic in our kind of strange COVID world going forward because they're all really in quite isolated uh, situations. So yeah, a couple of my favourite. One is called Nine Skies, and it's a four-bedroom hotel near Ella in the tea country. Absolute bliss. You feel like you've stepped back in time. You're just looking at these incredible views over the tea plantations and hills. You can arrive on a train, and then someone can take your bags up, and you can just walk 20 minutes from this tiny railway station just up through the tea plantations and arrive at the hotel for your welcome drink. And the views are just out of this world. So that's one of my favourites. If you want romance, you want beach, I would go to Kahanda Kanda. Or if you're with young children, Y House, which I think is the best family-friendly hotel, boutique hotel in the south of Sri Lanka. Um, my daughter's favourite hotel is one called Water Garden Cigaria, up near Cigaria, because she loves the private plunge pools. And you also get to climb up Cigaria and then go back to your hotel and ju jump in your pool. Um, and if you want really chilled beach, I think somewhere called The Last House, which is a, a five-bedroom hotel right on the most unspoiled beach near Tangle. So you really, really are totally spoiled. Or you can go to a wellness hotel like Santani. I mean, honestly, you, you're totally spoiled. But personally, obviously, it's what I do. But I think the boutique hotels in Sri Lanka are out of this world. That sounds incredible. Goodness me, four rooms. You must be getting some superior service as well i i imagine it's coupled with that that's incredible i have yeah. had a look at some of the alternative accommodations so there is you can also go to sri lanka on more of a budget if that's um perhaps what you what your budget allows and um, there's a really cool one called the candy city elephant hostel uh, which is uh, situated among among the trees and um, and it's really it looks really cool and comfortable and there's a little a small stream that carries the cool and fresh water um so it's really it looks really really cute that's a good one but yeah and there's a couple of other hostels you could try and uh, the azalea as well in candy and the sigirira Ria hostel um but yeah so definitely there is other accommodation available but uh, obviously elena is the uh, boutique hotel queen of sri lanka and they all sound incredible what is uh, so how does she cope now going on a normal holiday without a plunge pool no no she's been totally spoiled although we did go to a really dodgy b&b in wales once and she was still excited by that so i think she just likes staying anywhere away from home but yeah, she would always jump on the plane and go to Sri Lanka. And she complains here in Edinburgh that it's far too cold and she wants to go back to Sri Lanka. My, my kids pretty much insist on a hot tub these days if we go away. It doesn't matter if it's a caravan, it has to have a hot tub. And then, and then they won't get in it. So um, say it's too hot. But uh, one of my favourite subjects, Elena, is food. Yeah. Wherever I travel in the world, one of my favourite subjects is food. Um, so what type of food can people expect in Sri Lanka? And are there any favourites that we must try? Um, yeah, the food is fantastic. It's actually really quite different to Indian food. I think people sometimes think Sri Lankan food, Indian food might be quite similar, but the flavours are very, very different. And Sri Lankan food has definitely got its own unique flavours. Um, obviously, the best thing to do is go to a hotel and ask for a traditional Sri Lankan rice and curry meal. 
and you get an array of different curries. And obviously you get your meat curries, but you also get wonderful crab curries, seafood curries, and then you just get the most fantastic vegetarian options as well in Sri Lanka. It's really, really good for vegetarians. Um, so yep, so I love a crab curry. Um, yeah, I think that's brilliant. And then the other thing that they have a lot of is this wonderful thing is called hoppers, which are like sort of Sri Lankan version of pancakes made out of rice flour. And you get these beautiful hoppers with kind of eggs in the middle. It's just very, very picturesque as well as being very tasty. Uh, so yeah, Sri Lankan food is amazing. And they do very good arak sour, which is Sri Lankan cocktail, which I would re recommend before your meal. And then maybe after your meal, you could have a cup of Sri Lankan tea to finish it off. Mm. I, I think my bucket list is changing before my eyes. I really do. I really do. Definitely. And I hate doing these before lunch. This is a nightmare for my uh, for my <laughs> stomach growls. Um, but that all sounds delicious. What about desserts? What could people expect? See, I'm a sweetie kind of girl. I like the, the sweets. What about uh, what they could experience in terms of some nice cake or yogurty type dessert? Yeah. And um, actually, one thing that I really, really love eating for dessert, but also for breakfast, is the buffalo curd. The buffalo curd is scrumptious and you can buy it you can if you want to get the really local stuff you can just buy it often on the corner of the road on these in these terracotta pots but most of the hotels and hostels and everything will serve up buffalo curd and then on top of it you pour this thing called kittel syrup and the kittel is a sort of tree i always think of it as the sri lankan equivalent to the maple tree and the kittel syrup oh my goodness it just tastes so good poured all over the buffalo curd so that is definitely one of the best and then obviously the amazing variety of fruit that you can have as well Fantastic. I didn't know that. What's the buffalo curd like? Like a, a porridge kind of type thing? No, it's it's probably more like Greek yogurt. So it's kind of it's very similar to, to yogurt, but it's just made from buffalo milk. And curd is yeah, you know, your curds and whey, it's like your yogurt. Delicious. Goodness me, that sounds good. So um one of my favorite activities is shopping. Um, mm -hmm. And I always like to know where to go and get a good bargain when I'm away. But I know you've said some retailers in some great shopping markets. Um, where would you say is the best place to go and find um, some great, some some unusual gifts, let's say, things we wouldn't find anywhere else? What's special to Sri Lanka? Um, yeah, so I think two really good shopping places. One is in Gore Fort. So you've got historic uh, Gore Fort, which is just absolutely beautiful place to wander around and get lost in amongst the little streets. And there's so many just really small, lovely, tiny local shops and shopping boutiques in within this kind of couple of kilometre area. And you can just wander in and out of the shops. And you've also got really lovely shops, like there's one called Barefoot that just specialises in kind of hand-woven Sri Lankan goods. Um, so they have beautiful sarongs, beautiful tops, um, but they also do lovely little elephants and that sort of thing. So you can get really lovely handmade Sri Lankan goods as well. Um, so Gorefort is brilliant for, for, for all types of shopping. But I also have to say that Colombo is very, very good for shopping. I love shopping too. And I always try and fit in a sneaky day in Colombo at the end and go shopping there. And there you've um, also got an amazing shop called Paradise Road with all sorts of beautiful sort of Sri Lankan interior design goods and antiques um, that are pretty reasonably priced for, for kind of, you know, Western travellers. And then there's brilliant, you know, clothes shopping, there's cotton collection, there's Odell where you can pick up some great things to, to wear. And then also there's really, really good street art for sale in Columbus. So you can kind of walk along uh, near the National Museum and there's just a street where artists just sell their art on the side of the railings. And I really love wandering along there too. 
That was brilliant. One for the. Uh, have you got some street art up in your home there, Dave? Is he a bit of a art collector? Yes, I'm looking at street art as we speak. Lots of it. I have. I actually do have a picture of a Buddha right in front of me on uh, a picture, and I have Buddhas all around my office. It keeps me calm. Yeah, keeps bring me you, calm. bring you good luck, also. Well, yeah, hopefully one day. <laughs> hopefully one day, you never know. Um, talking about um, you know, going to Sri Lanka, so would, Eleanor, would you recommend um, somebody sort of creating their own itinerary or, or an organised tour? Where's the pros and cons with those sort of two approaches? Um, I think I would probably encourage people to go on an itinerary that has been planned by somebody who knows the country. And I guess that's if you've got a limited time. So if you've only got like 10 days or two weeks, if you don't know the country well, it's going to be hard to just you know fit everything in. Whereas if you go to a travel agent or a tour operator, they're going to know exactly how to make the best use of that time. Um, yeah, and I also think that then you've got the, the backup when you're traveling around Sri Lanka of knowing that if there's any logistical problems or you, you have anything that goes wrong or and you need help with anything, there's always somebody at the end of the phone. So mm. I think I would recommend that unless you're a backpacker and you've got loads of time. And then obviously, you, you know, you can definitely go and do it by yourself and travel around by local bus. But no, I'm, I'm a big fan of the organized tour. And I'm when I say tour, I'm a fan of the organized tailor-made tour not so much the group tour because yeah. a lot of the lovely little hotels in Sri Lanka aren't really suitable for group travel they're more suitable for individual mm. tailor-made travel yeah I think that's great advice and you're right I think sometimes when people say think of organized tours they think of about 50 people in a coach and it's, it's a little bit different than that and there are some great small sort of tailor-made um, tours that get off the beaten track um, yeah. I think you're absolutely right it's, it's, it's great advice to um, work with someone that knows where to go i think that's the, the and, and all the sort of inside information and sort of yeah. places where you wouldn't normally know of i've been to so many cities that i walk around for three days and don't see anything because i didn't do my research or or listen to someone that knew what they were talking about uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, i was i was going to say actually one of the things that sri lanka is really brilliant on as well is this whole kind of experiential travel and there's so many like you say unusual excursions that you can do in sri lanka and really you need the expertise of the tour operator or your partner in sri lanka to help you and guide you towards yeah. those uh, you know near candy you can go and have a cup of tea with this artist at his house up above the hills of candy you can never find out about that on your own and you can go and do that and you know you just go and sit and he plays a sitar and have a cup of tea and a chat about the meaning of life you know looking up the beautiful mountains so there's so many amazing experiences but you really need somebody on the ground to kind of guide you to those experiences i used to work with a travel company i used to call it fairy dust so it was of an era on a sort of a, a tailor-made tour that you have your itinerary but things would happen that you didn't know. And it was like, okay, this wasn't on our tour, but we're going to do this because we thought you'd like it. And it's those unexpected yeah. moments, that mm. element of surprise that really makes this type of trip, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. And there's a few little local tour operators that travel agents and tour operators can work with, like one called Sensory Indulgences. And that's mm. all they do is arrange unusual, interesting excursions. And the trade can book those directly for their clients as well. So it's really, really worth looking into those different unusual experiences because that's what you'll always remember forever. Yeah, very dust. Very dust. It's like walking around with sort of um, an insider as well. You know, they uh, 
they know those little nuggets of information. They've got the contacts at the at the shops, and they, you know, give them a little wink like these are with us. Treat me, treat them well. I like I like that sense of being with within a group. That's nice. And also, it's nice to at the end of the day just have that experience to all chat around the dinner or whatever wherever you might be staying and just discuss the day together. It's quite that's quite a nice feeling as well. Some people experience other things that others might have missed out on. So yeah, it's always good. Yeah. And Sri Lanka. Oh, sorry. I was going to say Sri Lanka really is the perfect place to get off the beaten track and go and do these unusual experiences. It really has so much to offer. So yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great destination to just go beyond the normal sites. It sounds like it's quite spiritual as well. Is that would you say it was quite a spiritual place? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's um, predominantly Buddhist. You've got about 75% of the population is Buddhist, but you've also got a very strong Hindu, pop- Hindu population, Muslim population as well. So, yeah, there's lots and lots of different religious sites as well. So, yeah, it's very, very rich uh, from that point of view, too. Goodness, so much to experience. But what about budget? Obviously, you look after the, the higher end in terms of the, the hotels uh, there, Eleanor. But what about in terms of budget when you get there? Are things quite expensive or are they relatively cheap? What, what would you suggest as a sort of budget? Um, yeah, I mean, Sri Lanka can suit any budget. Um, but when you get there on the ground, it's it's not especially expensive for, for kind of, you know, uh, Western travellers. I mean, you could easily go to a little beachside cafe and have a really, really nice meal for, let's say, ten pounds. That's a, you know, at a, it's a, just a normal sort of backpacker place, or or less than that, depending on what you choose. I would say that even in the really nice boutique hotels, I've never found it particularly expensive for food. I think it's actually quite reasonably priced. And in terms of the budget for your holiday, I mean, like you said, you can go as a backpacker. If you want to go and stay in these beautiful boutique hotels, I mean, you're looking at about between 250 US dollars and 700 US dollars a night, depending on time of year and what category of room. Um, so you can, you can do it at, at, at a reasonable price. Um, obviously, you've then got the uber expensive hotels like Amman, but there's definitely an awful lot that own a category below that. They're exceptional as well. So you can do boutique sort of relatively affordable boutique quite easily. I want to go back to, to the fairy dust thing a little bit. So do you have any, I don't know, any sort of hidden gems like a hotel or a great restaurant or something that people won't find on a travel website? Um, yes, I would say, well, in terms of excursions that I really like doing, and I've done a few times, I, I personally just love the walking, like getting mm. right off the beaten track and going for beautiful walks. And one of my favorite is a walk called Little Adams Peak, and you can do it from Ella, which is in the tea country. And it's it's quite a steep walk. Um, but when you get up there and you get up to the peak, you have the most astonishing views for hundreds and hundreds of miles, right out across the hills and then down towards the coast. And I just think it's breathtaking. So that that is definitely one of my favorite. And they've just put a new zip line in there as well called the Flying Ravana. So you can do this absolutely terrifying zip line. And it's a half kilometer zip line over the tea plantations uh, for those thrill seekers. I did it and I don't think I would do it again, but it was amazing. Um, so I love that. Another thing I love doing is going on one of these um, off the beaten track bike tours. So there's a company called Idle Bikes down near Gaul. And they just take you right off the main roads and you go through sort of paths, through paddy fields, cycling through all the villages. And they have children's bikes as well. And that's really, really special. And, you know, everyone's waving at you as you go past and you stop and look at birds and insects and you see snakes slithering across the path. It's, it's very, very special. So that, that's something I do. 
um, train journeys. They're brilliant in Sri Lanka. Always go on a train journey. Um, in terms of restaurants, I love a restaurant called Barefoot in Colombo. Um, beautiful restaurant. Um, and then I also really like having a Jaffna curry at a place called Manian Pathy, which is a beautiful boutique hotel in Colombo. Um, and then in the south, one of my favourite places is called Wijaya Beach. And it's uh, it's uh, I've got a slightly backpackery element to it, but you can just get brilliant lunches there and you're just on the most beautiful, pristine beach there as well. So there's all sorts of very, very special places and that you can go to and food you can eat in Sri Lanka. That's fantastic. Some great hidden gems there. Thanks for sharing those with us, Elena. That's brilliant. So, um, oh, we've covered quite a lot this morning. That was a whistle-stop tour of uh, all of Sri Lanka. That was fantastic. So we've really given you a good idea of the types of um, accommodation, the attractions you can see, festivals, everything. So if you've, um, shall we end? Thank you so much for your time today. That's what I wanted to say, first of all. And then I wanted to say, shall we, Shall we end by trying to say goodbye in Sinhali? We can try. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's Jin Enam. I, um, I, I saw that and I thought, I don't, I don't, everybody just says goodbye. That's fine. That's fine. I don't actually know the word goodbye. I've even been to lessons. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. See, we're teaching Eleanor here today as well. So I think it's Jin Anam. Um, so yeah, I just want to say a massive thank you. It's been so insightful, you guys, today. It's been really brilliant. Thank you for your time. Thanks to you, Dave. Thanks very much, Jules. Eleanor, that's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned a lot today and um re sort of whetted my appetite for getting over to Sri Lanka soon. I think it's got to be done. And um, the Pope family need to go. Yep, please do come soon. Gin and up.